Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Your host, Paul, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and the brand new book, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, now available on Audible. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to today's program. We have Grayson Sawyer from North Carolina joining the show. What's up, Grayson? Oh, not much, man. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. And you got a two-year-old that's sleeping, right? So we're trying to squeeze <laughs> in a podcast without him waking up. Is that the scenario in your <laughs> neck of the woods? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I just got home from work uh, not long ago, and uh, wife had to slip out. So I got the two-year-old, and he's asleep, so. Hopefully it stays that way. Cool. Well, I ran into you at the GIE, which I guess is now called the Equip Expo. And I've been hearing good things uh, from you're you're in the Gulf Coast bookkeeping ecosystem. And uh, so I uh, wanted to get you on the program and uh, have you share some updates of how your business has been going, man, and what you've been learning along the way as you're building this. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah, man, we're uh, doing doing well. grown a lot the last uh couple years uh last time i think i was on here i spoke to you you know we were a lot smaller than that uh then at the time and uh we've we've grown a lot now and uh doing really well got a couple crews running every day wow uh landscape installs and then uh maintenance crew as well okay so you got one crew that's only doing installations and enhancements monday through friday yes and that's the crew that i actually uh am on myself every day Okay, uh, and Andy, got, Andy got Mold, a book out of Andy Mulder's playbook, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. And then uh, I do that, and uh, and then I'm uh, we got a maintenance crew as well, and they go out uh, every day doing the maintenance side. Okay, and that's that's a mow edge blow, uh, clean yep. up the leaves type deal. Yep, yep. They uh, yeah, they do all the mowing. Um, a lot of you know weed control, like and, and uh, leaves in this time of year, and trimming and stuff like that on contracts. So we'll do a little bit of that type of stuff, but uh, we do most of the actual landscaping on our side. Okay. How many employees total are in your business now? Uh, four besides me. So with me, there's five in the field when I'm in the field. Um, so yep, four, four and, and plus me. Cool. And then you got uh, Gulf Coast Bookkeeping. They're part of the team, although I guess that would be considered a subcontractor technically. But, um, oh yeah, that, yeah, I sure do. And they're, uh, they've been great. Uh, I was, uh, definitely something I needed. I, uh, kind of just, uh, I guess kind of just didn't know my numbers to be honest. I didn't know, I knew, uh, you know, I knew what we were kind of bringing in, but I didn't really, uh, keep up with, you know, expenses and, and income and the profit and loss and the, you know, all that. I, I had really no idea what was going on. And, uh, so that was something I definitely needed. I, uh, it's not something I really specialize or like doing. So, uh, it was definitely a needed thing to hire them and they're doing great. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of peace of mind knowing that each transaction is accounted for and in the proper category. And then being able, even though you might not like numbers and, and all of that, being able to face the facts each month and do that monthly profit meeting and go over those reports. It's definitely, I know for me, it, it, it keeps me on point. Right. Yes, it sure does. Yeah. Uh, helps you, uh, stay accountable and, uh, you know, you know that they, uh, they see what's going on. So it makes you want to 
kind of helps you make you want to you know strive to do better yeah and, uh, you don't you don't want to have numbers. a dud of a month and then and then be like well <laughs> here's the reason <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah and uh you know just all honesty we've had months where we've uh you know uh spent a little more than we uh normally would you know just investing and uh, my company's growing so we you know buy a new truck or buy new equipment and uh sometimes those numbers don't look as great and uh but you know megan knows uh we are in uh kind of growth mode so uh Growth does uh, take a lot of money, so that's how that goes, I guess, sometimes. But uh, <laughs> some months, those those numbers don't look amazing when you're trying to grow like that. But uh, we'll uh, we'll do that, and uh, hopefully, in the next couple of years, we'll try to slow down and become more a little more of a uh, more profitable. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable one off here and there if you if you make a big uh, acquisition one month, but the total body right. of work to to have that accountability that you are profitable each quarter and each year, right. and to be able to talk through when you do want to consider should we get this dump trailer or not? Is it better to rent or have materials delivered, or should we buy this expensive uh, vehicle or piece of equipment that we're not just willy nilly um, making these decisions, but we're actually financially, does this make sense or does it make more sense to wait and maybe figure out another way to get the work done efficiently, but you know, by renting equipment or having things delivered and things of that nature, uh, sometimes are a better move than buying, or maybe the, the money is there and it, it is time to, uh, upgrade and, and update and things of that nature. Right. Right. Yep. Those numbers, uh, tell the story. So, uh, you know, when you when you really don't know what you're doing and or you don't know, uh, you may just make some decisions uh, that you shouldn't or, or whatever. But uh, yep, that's why it's great having that bookkeeper. I can uh, see those reports and know my numbers. And so uh, when you're ready to do some investing in in equipment or whatever it may be, you know you you know if those numbers can support that by by looking at the reports. Yeah, and having you know Joey and Megan say, hey, we we think. You know, yep. this makes sense or like, Paul, what are you thinking? You know, <laughs> you got exactly. You got to slow down there. Uh, hot shot and uh, relax. So um, what do you what are you using in the back? Are you QuickBooks, Jobber? What, what, what's your combination? Um, what uh, systems do you have in place other than a bookkeeper? Right. Well, through them, you know, there is QuickBooks. So uh, we do uh, have QuickBooks through that, but we actually don't really do our invoicing and our uh, stuff like that through them. We actually still use Yardbook at the moment. Okay. Uh, I think uh, we're going to switch to probably Jobber here soon. Um, I, I think I'm just sort of outgrowing uh, Yardbook. There's there's a lot of uh, things I really really love about it, uh, like the invoicing system. I really really like, and um, but there's some features that I want to implement that um, I think I'm going to have to move on to something that has a little bit more uh, features. But for now, we are uh, on Yardbook at the moment. Getjobber.com forward slash Paul, Grayson. That's all you got to remember. <laughs> Getjobber.com forward slash Paul. They, they actually will give you a free trial. If you if you just want to try it out, even if you don't use it, no, no strings attached, you can try it and see if that's um, the move for you. I want to talk to you a little bit about hardscaping. I was listening to you. You were on Jeremiah Jennings podcast, correct? I was. Yeah. And that was really cool because I was listening to you and you were like, uh, Jeremiah asked you something along the lines of, well, how did you figure out how to do that um, hardscape job? And you were like, well, I just watched Caleb on his video. And I was like, I was fist pumping because I'm like, sweet, you know, it actually is working. Guys are uh, watching, you know, his his videos and, and, and learning how to do hardscape jobs. So tell us a little bit of how you um, advanced from just maintenance into doing some of these higher ticket price jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I did. I actually... Um 
Uh, well, you know, like I said, this year we're running two crews. I'm uh, running mostly the install uh, and kind of the construction side. And um, we just kind of jumped in uh, to doing some of that construction type work, some of the, you know, the hardscape stuff. Um, uh, I used to just uh, be on the maintenance crew every day myself, even um, even really a year ago. Um, this, this year, 2021 was the first year uh, we jumped in with two separate crews like that. Um, we did have a need for a lot of like the soft skates and stuff. And so we were doing a lot of that already. And, uh, but uh, I wanted to venture into that type of stuff. And, uh, I had some customers, um, you know, want some, uh, like patios and, and little different stuff like that. And, uh, I tried a couple little ones, uh, did like a, a couple little flagstone patios and different stuff, but, uh, that I, and that was a little different. And then I, I really didn't know what I was doing with pavers and I, um, had, you know, I followed Caleb and seen his, uh, the uh, Hardscape Academy, and uh, I purchased it, and I watched it over and over, and uh, and you know I could you know I could see uh, I you know how to do it, but uh, I just was getting out there and doing it, and uh, and so that's what I did, and I, I yeah I really just went mostly off of just uh, watching his stuff, and you know some other people's stuff too as well on on YouTube and different uh, different things online, but uh, yeah I just kind of I just kind of went for it, and uh, it worked out good, and I've done several now, and they've all turned out great, and. Uh, Definitely, Caleb's uh, video was very in depth and uh, easy to follow, and and uh, made it easy really to to do. I mean, it's it's not easy, but uh, he made it uh, as easy as he could uh, for somebody just watching through a video. Yeah, totally. It's really cool, man. Because I remember years ago, but way, way before I ever had a podcast, <clears throat> I was just Caleb's friend, and he was pitching around the idea to me of making this DVD. And this was a long time ago. Okay, we had DVDs, and he's like, I was thinking about teaching because people are always hitting him up, like, "How do I build a retaining wall? How do I build a patio?" And he's and he's like, I was just going to film a DVD and mail people a DVD, and so. He uh, mailed me one. It was like, I think he spent like $16 on shipping to send me this DVD. And uh, he's like, will you watch it? And let me know what, what, what you think, Paul. And so, you know, I was like, I right, watch it. And I was like, your, your audio is no good. <laughs> your, your video's all right. I, and I, I gave him some tough criticism. And uh, it's really cool <laughs> to see that he really stepped it up and, and made better audio, excellent video. And then, you know, figured out it's not um, 1991. Um, you know, and, and got it so you can actually download it and watch it. And it's a great thing to do in the winter, you know, get some hot cocoa or coffee or hot tea and sit by the fireplace and, and watch and, and learn the basics of, um, how to do these higher ticket price items. So I want to, um, yeah, and yep. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. And that's pretty much what I did. I, I had, uh, had a little bit of demand for it and, um, I, I just, uh, had seen his stuff and followed him for a while on Instagram and, uh, so I, yeah, that's what I did. I purchased that and watched it and, uh, and went for it and it turned out great. We've uh, done a few patios and they turned out really great. And, uh, you know, I think I know, uh, have a lot of confidence in how Caleb, uh, does his work. And so I really, you know, I think we kind of followed his blueprint and, uh, I think they turned out great. So yeah, it was, uh, definitely a, a huge thing, uh, that he's doing for the industry there. Cause I mean, that's, that's, that's something that really, uh, you know, before social media and before, uh, any of that, I would have had to, I would have had to have some kind of training because, you know, I'd never worked for a company that did hardscaping or anything like that. So uh, being able to jump in and do that without having to, you know, work for someone else or, um, or, or even just go sit in on jobs and uh, seminars or whatever. Um, I didn't have to do any of that by, by watching his uh, videos on the Hardscape Academy. So that was, that was great. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, if you go to college, it can be costly and, you know, you have to go every Tuesday night at 730 or whatever. And with education like that, it's um, on demand. It's, it's you watch it when, you know, the two year old sleeping or you know, at later at night or whenever on a rain day and uh, kind of right. can educate yourself on um, your time schedule. So I want to ask you a little bit, uh, Grayson, about marketing. I know, you know, having four or five employees th- th- that you obviously have a lot of work coming in, but how are you keeping the uh, pipeline full, so to speak, to um, keep all this work flowing? What's been your marketing uh, strategy? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in the spring, I always, uh, do some marketing stuff pretty heavy. Um, you know, I do a lot of the, um, EDDM in spring where I send out, uh, uh, postcards in the mail and, uh, do quite a bit of that then. And, uh, then I try to, you know, I'll try to, how many, how many houses are your, is your EDDM hitting? Uh, I think uh, the one we, we ran a couple campaigns in the spring that were both, I think there were a couple at 5,000 each. Um, so we, we hit 5,000 homes. We hit a lot of them again, a lot of the same ones again, the second time. So, um, but, um, we, you know, we try to keep our, uh, area tight. So we were trying to hit those same people, but yeah, um, I did 5,000 each campaign. Cool. I love it. But, um, yeah. And then we did, you know, we did that. And then, uh, I try to really have a strong brand in our area. Um, I got, uh, several trucks and they're all wrapped and, uh, or, uh, you know, the decals on them. And Mm -hmm. then I do have, um, several, you know, the little local places around, I keep, uh, flyers and stuff put up and stuff like that. But I, I really, I think most of my calls come off of my website and I rank pretty well on Google now. Um, I pay a company to, um, really, uh, keep up my website. I'm not, uh, the greatest with techie stuff, to be honest. So I, I pay them to do that. And, um, and then they do really well with SEO. And, uh, so I rank pretty well in my area on Google now. And, uh, I think that's where the majority of it comes from. Um, and then we are, like I said, I think we are branded fairly well. I mean, you can, uh, we only got a few trucks, but, um, we, um, you know, they're, they're loaded well. And, um, plus, um, you know, we're just people obviously word of mouth and stuff still, but, um, a lot of it, I think comes from the branding and from our, um, our website and the Google. That's fantastic. And I appreciate that you keep it simple, man, that that works. ED, EDDM postcards works and uh, awesome website with SEL works. It's just the, the one, two punch. So um, that's fantastic that you uh, are sticking to the foundations that are uh, proven in this industry. I want to take a quick break and thank today's show sponsors. And uh, coming up, I want to dive uh, deeper into what you've learned as you continue to grow your company. Hello, Green Industry Podcast listeners. This is Xander Kirby with Pure Marketing Agency. Many of you may have heard me as a friend of the show as I'm a huge believer in Paul and our great landscaping community. Five years ago, I began Trifecta Landscaping with zero experience, and by God's grace, we have grown into a multi-million dollar debt-free company. I was able to do this in large part with having a great understanding on social and digital marketing, and that is why we are now launching my new company, Pure Marketing. Every thriving business needs a top-of-the-line website, consistent and creative content, and full optimization of Google and digital footprints. If you're ready to grow your business and for new clients to discover you, contact our team for free at puremarketingteam.com, where we focus purely on marketing so you can focus purely on your business. Do you come home ready to relax after a hard day's work and find that your bookkeeping demands your time? 
Truth be told, you can't give it your full energy or focus. It just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you. It's costing you good decision-making and your peace of mind. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping provides a bookkeeping solution to landscapers that is guaranteed to give you back your time and your peace of mind. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute call. Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends, all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. Let us take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to get the skills and training you and your crew need to excel as a professional hardscaper. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. You'll have access to online video training courses, in-person apprenticeships, comprehensive guides, and customizable business forms. Plus, there are two free courses which cover everything slab. If you're serious about mastering your skills, abilities, efficiency, and bottom line, the hardscapeacademy.com is for you, and that link is in today's show notes. All righty, guys, we are back with Grayson. We had him on the show been a couple years ago, and I ran into you at GIE, and I was like, man, we got we to gotta get you on the show and uh, share these updates. And so I want to um, touch a little bit on pricing. I know that this is one of our most frequently asked questions that we get, and I'm sure as your business has grown, your overhead's grown, and uh, you've just kind of learned more and more. You've gotten a little bit tighter with how you price and, and what your prices are and things of that nature. So give us a little bit of, of the journey of what goes through your thought process as you're setting prices. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we do pricing by, you know, uh, time and material. Um, so, you know, on the, like on the installation side, um, you know, obviously calculate all materials. Um, and then um, obviously there is a little bit of indirect cost as well um, that we try to, you know, put in there just a little bit. And then, um, but yeah, then we do, we try to do, um, we try to, uh, especially on the install, install side, there's a lot more liability and stuff in it. So we try to be between like 65 and 75 an hour per man hour, um, on the install side. Um, the maintenance side, there's not quite as much liability. Um, so, you know, we're a little bit lower than that on that side, but that's kind of how we do our pricing structure on the installation side. Okay. And then on the lawn maintenance side, what are you about? 60 bucks per man hour. How do you calculate that? 55? We, we are, we're, we're, we, we try to always hit at least 55 per man hour on the maintenance side. Um, and you know, sometimes we do a little better than that. And, uh, but we try to at least be at 55 per man hour on the maintenance side. Okay. And then is that a two man crew or a three man crew? Yeah. The maintenance side is the, uh, two man crew. And then, uh, I normally have two guys with me, um, on the install side, which I do have a, day or two a week where I normally do like the estimates in the office side where I send those two guys out to do uh, other enhancements and different things without me. Okay. So two and two, and then you're, you're the third one on the, on the installation side. Yep. That's fantastic. And so, um, you doing, um, pay the day you do the service at the beginning of the month, prepay at the end of the month afterward, what have you found works best for your company? Uh, for the maintenance on the on the maintenance side, we do uh, we do bill monthly, um, and um, that works out good. Um, just keeps it kind of it, it really keeps it where you don't have to uh, do quite as much office work. You don't have to bill as often, um, you know. But um, and then you know with uh, it's still not bad cash flow wise. Uh, 
most of everybody pays pretty pretty well right on time, so it's not bad. And then uh, install side, we just you know we just normally uh, bill right when the job's over, uh, whether it be you know just at the end of a one day job or if it's a, a three, four, five you know or more day job. Uh, just whenever the job's over, we send the invoice. Oh wow, you don't take a deposit or anything like that? Uh, yeah, we do. If it's over, uh, normally I think if, if it's over uh, three thousand dollars, we'll we'll do like a twenty five percent deposit. Okay. Um, and then, and then just normally, uh, I know I've heard you talk about doing, you know, a third, uh, at the beginning and then, uh, the day you get on another third and at the end, but we normally do like a 25% deposit, um, at the beginning. And then we just collect the remaining after the job's over. Okay. And you've never had any problems. You've, you've gotten paid on a hundred percent of your, your jobs. Yep. I mean, I, I've had a couple customers, uh, I've had, a, you know, a couple times where we've had people, uh, just be hard to deal with, but, um, nope, I've, I've gotten paid at everything. Uh, so even you know, those difficult people, you, you, you eventually got paid, but what, what kind of stuff I, did they try to pull on you? Uh, I just, <laughs> I had some people, I think they, I don't know if they had buyers or more or whatever, but they tried to, uh, you know, just, just saying some different stuff, um, about, uh, just really they, they had no room to, no ground to stand on. They, uh, try, they try to say there was different things that we didn't do and we did. Um, and I had, you know, all my employees and stuff that were there, uh, we're, you know, obviously backing us cause we, we did everything the correct way. And they, I think they were just, uh, they were not real nice the whole time. I almost regretted even taking the job. It was one of those people where you look back and you're like, man, I should have never even, <laughs> should have never even done this job. But, um, uh, you know, they it, it ended up being okay. Um, we, we got paid and, uh, um, it, it worked out all right, but it was just one of those things where, uh, the people were just a little hard to deal with. Yeah, this is a good lesson learned, Grayson. I think we all have had this happen a time or two. And then you look back and you're like, what was I thinking, man? So what, what were those red flags in hindsight? We were like, we should have just stopped and not even put the bid in. What, what were those red flags that you ignored? Yeah, yeah. At the beginning of the job, um, we um, we did kind of, I've seen a little bit of red flags or not even really the beginning of the job before we even started the job. Yeah. That's what uh, I was insinuating. Once you start, you got to kind of finish through and keep your word. Right, but, right. but that vetting uh, process is where a lot of times we screw up and we overlook yeah. the red flags, giving people the benefit of the doubt to, to realize we got it. We got, I was telling someone the other day, my discernment's been like, I was, it was actually Brian Florida. I was like, man, sometimes my discernment's like a butter knife. I'm trying to have it as like a sharp knife. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I did, I did catch some red flags when I went out with the meeting, uh, to the meeting with them, with the clients and, uh, called some red flags. And, uh, what were those I, I red flags? I, Help us. Uh, they, they were, um, the clients were, were a little bit rude in some ways. I could just, uh, could, could kind of hear in some of the things where they were saying, I could hear that they were going to be kind of a, um, uh, kind of, just kind of a really picky top client, you know? Um, and, and they just weren't, uh, they were, they were a little rude. I could, and I sensed it and I was, and I, and I really should have, that was a red flag. I could just, just in their tone and in their uh, way of saying different things, I, I could see it. And I, and looking back on it now, I was like, man, I should have just seen that. And, and, uh, you know, just, you know, told them I couldn't do the job or, you know, not, not even send an estimate or whatever. I don't know. But, um, I, I do look back on it and, uh, think, man, I shouldn't have done that. And, and the way they actually were too, it ended up, they were, they, uh, my guys, they, the, the lady yelled at my guys a few times. Oh and, my uh, gosh. Yeah. During the job. So wow. I, I definitely, I ended up being one of those jobs where I was like, man, I can't, I should have just never done this job. It was, uh, my guys hated being on that job. It was like a, 
it was only supposed to be about a four day job and ended up being like seven because oh, of man. her being a little uh, hard to deal with <laughs> and and trying to throw in stuff and and, and anyways yeah I'm not going to get into all the details but it was just uh, it was a mess but that's uh, you know, every business is not always pretty and stuff like that does happen. And, uh, but I did learn from it. It was one of those things where I look back now and I'm like, you know, I think that's probably good that happened because it'll, uh, teach me not to do something like that again. And if I catch those red flags in the, uh, you know, in the meeting with them and, the, and try to vet them and, and just not take that job when, when I feel that and it's like the money's not always worth it. And to be honest, uh, sometimes, uh, like in that job, it ended up going over budgeted hours. Like we, we ended up not making near what we should have because of how it worked out. So, um, just because of how they were, it ended up being a lot worse. So, uh, I definitely learned it. It was a good lesson. I actually talked a little bit to, uh, Blake Hawthorne, uh, there at GIE about it. Cause they were actually even threatening to sue at one point. So, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, it it, it, it's not the pickiness that that's the red flag in my, you know, decade of vetting customers. It's the rudeness that that's the one right, where it's like, right. cause I actually, you know, in a weird way, I like people that are meticulous and detail oriented and picky because that's how I am. So it's like, I know, right. that, I know that I can meet those need or, you know, meet those expectations right, where right. the red flag is. If so, if you're, if you're noticing someone being rude on a first initial consultation, that is a red, you know, glaring flag to, to stay away. I think um, it was a uh, paver Pete. He was on the show recently and he was talking about trusting your gut and, and that that's a part of the uh, bidding procedure that if you sense they're going to be a pain in the butt, either don't take the job or jack the price up right? to, exactly. to compensate because yep. those kind of people are going to try to do that. Well, do this and oh, you didn't do that and all, all that little uh, manipulation. It's you have to account for it in the price or. Uh, if it's strong enough to run for the hills, <laughs> um, right from from that type of client. But I'm glad you learned, Grayson, and hopefully that'll be the last time. Yeah, that's that's the goal. Yeah, I think it was a uh, thing that was hard to go through, but it was actually uh, a good lesson that uh, will teach me not to <laughs> not to either deal with those clients or yeah, like you say, uh, uh, price it way up, and that way it's maybe a little worth more worth uh, dealing with them. Yeah. Well, you in that case, you don't want to deal. You don't want to, if you got to go back and rewind and redo that one, you wouldn't give them a higher price. You would, you would not, um, you would not give yeah, them a quote. Looking back on that particular client, that would have been one that I just wouldn't have took in, at all in general. Yeah. But just if there is the, uh, is a yellow flag, so to speak, then, then you can just jack yeah. the price up. And then if you don't get it, you might've saved yourself a headache. Right. Cool. Any other lessons learned you want to share with the Green Industry Podcast listeners? Um, As you're building this thing, maybe things you messed up on other than that job that you're like, man, I wish I would have done this a little bit different or, or tweak that a little bit different in hindsight. Or is your business um, just perfect? <laughs> no, 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 that's for sure. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not perfect. Uh, I would say, you know, try to, uh, uh, you know, especially in the busy time of the year, try to manage your time well. And, uh, you know, cause you, you can, uh, I, we've done stuff before where, um, you know, I, I'm, I've kind of, I've kind of told other clients, you know, we're going to be here around this time. You know, I don't, I don't, especially on the install side, I don't give, you know, normally exact days, but I give kind of weeks and then, you know, something will go wrong on a job and we'll, we'll be there an extra couple of days. And, and so, I, and then you push and, and then you don't, you know, maybe you don't do the quality that you quite should. Um, 
because you're, you know, you're pushing so hard to try to get to, to the next one. So try to uh, manage your time well and, you know, maybe give yourself a little bit extra time and not, not try to cram it so full that you get uh, too, uh, too tight with things. And then you're, you know, you got clients waiting and, and this and that, um, uh, which, you know, most, a lot of times clients are understanding and it's not a big deal. But then again, too, you know, I try not to disappoint and this and that. And um, so, you know, manage your time well um, and, and always try to do, you know, really quality work. Cause that's really what, um, you know, that's what's going to keep you around. Um, you got to do good quality work. So uh, rushing through things like that. I mean, we, we do really quality work. Um, but you know, we, there's been times where, you know, we try to push and get in, get out of the job and, uh, that can cause, uh, quality to lack. So just, I've, I've learned from that and try to, you know, give yourself enough time and, uh, make sure you're getting your quality right either way. Um, even if it is taking longer because, um, you know, you'll learn from that next time you bid it, maybe bid it, uh, for an extra, um, day or two, but, um, you still got to do that quality. That's what's going to keep you, uh, uh, keep your name good. What have you learned with the four employees and how to keep and, and, and keep those guys happy? I know they weren't happy when the lady was yelling at them, <laughs> but um, <laughs> how, how do you find these uh, quality employees and keep them happy? Yeah. I mean, uh, just like everybody else, I've had, I've had a hard time with employees. Some um, I've, I've had actually several really good ones for um, quite a while now. And um, they're, they're great. Um, but I've went through quite a few uh, this year. Um, Maybe not to some people for sure. I've, I've been blessed for sure, but, um, you know, I went through several, um, quite a few this year and, you know, they just go in and out and, uh, you know, I try to, I try to be competitive with pay and, uh, but, um, you know, I found too a lot of my, like, especially my guys, I know everybody's different, but things like most, my guys really, it's not even all about the money. They just, um, they don't, my guys particular, I know some guys are different. Um, but my guys particular, they don't love working 60 hours a week. Like in the, in the summer, they, you know, they like, having time off. And, uh, and so we try to, you know, we try to keep that, uh, where we're not working crazy and, you know, um, stuff like that. And it just, you know, uh, try to try to keep it fun on the jobs and, um, you know, what time I, do you try to end the work day? Well. What time in the spring rush in the summer? Well, what time are, I mean, I know we could all work till dark 30. What is your sweet spot where these guys can go home and be with their families? Yeah. Um, there's definitely days in the spring rush, which is so bad. Um, and even into the summer sometimes, you know, where we do work till uh, pushing dark and stuff like that. But uh, 90% of the time we try to be done. Uh, we normally start around 7 a.m. Um, and we try to we try to be done by between 4 and 5 o'clock um, in, the, in the spring and summer. Uh, and then, you know, they, they know that uh, we work a little bit longer then. And then this time of year, you know, um, we're working a lot less hours. So it's not as bad. I mean, we, uh, you know, this time of year they're working – uh, you know, for sure under 40 or 40 or under, it's never over time this time of year, which they, like I said, they enjoy. I mean, if employees, you know, wanted that, that'd be different. But, uh, like I said, my guys don't. So that's something I try to keep them happy and try to keep them, uh, uh, fresh and not overwork them. Um, so that's something that they enjoy. And I also try to incentivize them. Um, we actually just took a company, uh, trip this past Friday to Top Golf and just as a little, uh, kind of early Christmas gift to them, uh, with a paid day. So, um, stuff like that. And they, they really enjoyed that. And I try to just keep them, keep them happy and, uh, you know, uh, just do stuff that I see that they would enjoy and, uh, you know, and pay them well. So, um, but so far it's, uh, I do have several that are really great and, uh, uh, I'm actually losing a couple this coming, uh, year. So I'm going to be hiring more. So, uh, that's just how that goes. Plus we're growing. So who knows how many more we will be hiring. So it's one of those things that's definitely a, a struggle. Uh, but, uh, 
I do my best to uh, keep them happy, and uh, that's all you can do, I guess. Cool. Well, I really appreciate your time, and I know you got to get. Does a two year old still sleeping? <laughs> he is at the moment. Okay. Yes, well, that was that was a blessing that he slept through the episode. Now, what's his beeping noise in the background? You got a, a fire alarm? You got to go put a battery I, I in, do. or what? I, yeah, I, I got one that's the battery dead. <laughs> All right. Well, I've, I'll, I've done I've done six hundred podcast episodes, and I've never I've never had a, a interviewee with a beeping noise the whole time. I know, Mister <laughs> Producer, you're driving him crazy. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I figured. I was thinking, man. I hope you don't hear that. But oh man, yeah. I I uh, I heard it a, a few minutes in, and I'm like, what is that? And I'm looking at my fire alarms. I'm thinking, this. I'm going to change this. And I was like, oh, that's on Grayson's end. I think <laughs> it is. Yeah, I got a. Uh, <laughs> now they beep when the battery starts getting low. Oh, I, I know, couple, man. The last couple of weeks, it's uh, it's been doing that. I just haven't got it changed yet. I, I got to get that done. <laughs> well, well, Naylor, this is excellence in broadcasting, man. There you go. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time, man. And again, I, as I kind of shared at the top of the broadcast, it, you're kind of a success story that motivates me. We're very careful who we promote on this show. Obviously, a couple of our sponsors are the Hardscape Academy with Brittany and, and, and Caleb. And to hear you, you know, actually purchase their, uh, not DVD, but, you know, downloadable video, watch it implemented in the field and then actually have happy customers and profit that's a success um you you would say it was a roi it was worth your um what did you pay like 100 200 bucks for the video yeah i actually i was about to buy it anyways and i think it was i bought it last year around i think thanksgiving around the black friday okay stuff, and i think he actually did both of them the um uh, the how to retaining build, uh, walls and the stone patio walls. pavers yes and i bought them both for a hundred dollars so yeah, that was like so- I was going to buy it anyways, and it worked out great. I was able to buy um, both for, you know, the price of one, and uh, that worked out great. Um, and I have done actually a couple small retaining walls as well. That uh, I've learned a lot from his videos. So that's been great. So anyway, I want to say thank you for sharing your story because it, it motivates me that, wow, you saw an ROI on that. And, and it's it's good to be in partnership with the Hardscape Academy. And we appreciate them supporting our show and we promote them. You know what I mean? It's a win-win. And then obviously on the Gulf Coast bookkeeping side, I personally use them. And um, to hear you, you know, it is expensive, you know, per month, but it, it's worth it, in my opinion, to 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 pay them to 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 do all the books, and in a way, they're kind of like a financial coach because they'll they'll talk us through these decisions of growing and should I buy this or not. Uh, you know, I know personally, I can ask them anything like that, and they'll they'll shoot me straight. They won't tickle my ear and say what I want them to tell me. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. They're great. And uh, another thing that just makes it so valuable from them is just uh, when it's tax time. You know, they they have all my reports. I can send straight to my CPA. Yep. So it's it's, it's very easy. easy I mean, peasy. in the past I've had to, I've had to try to put all that stuff together myself and it's just a mess. I'm, I'm not very good at that type of stuff. So it's great to hire someone that is good at that. That's, that's I think that's how you grow is to hire people that are better than you at the, at the stages in different things that you need done. And they're uh, experts for sure. So uh, that's been great. Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate it, Grayson. And like I said, you know, two years ago when you were on the show, I, you know, you were young in business and just growing this thing and, and, and just, um, you know, to see you two years later and, and this thing's really stabilized and, and growing well, it's, 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 a uh, uh, really encouraging to me. And I appreciate that, uh, you know, your, um, a, a success story in the industry, man. 
Yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate you and what you do for the community as well. I've learned a lot from, from you as well and your stories and the, the podcast and, uh, and then the other guys too. Um, it's definitely one of those things that, you know, uh, doing, uh, just, just being able to listen, uh, and learn online is incredible. Um, you can learn so much by, by watching what you guys say and, and the, like the different videos like Caleb's and stuff, um, you know, without even, you know, without college and stuff, it's a lot different nowadays where you can learn so much online like this. And it's, uh, it's been great. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time, Grayson, and I'll let you get back to being a father and, and being a handyman. Uh, get, get that battery in that fire alarm, my guy. <laughs> Will do, man. I appreciate it. All right. You have a good evening. You too, Paul. Well, guys, there is hope for the future. I love stories like Grayson's that are just uh, really working on building these businesses with the foundation of good quality work. You could see the reverence as uh, Grayson was explaining that you have to do quality work. And, and just to know that there's folks out there that want to serve customers with excellence, it definitely um, fills my heart with motivation to, to keep cranking out this content, knowing that Guys like Grayson are out there listening and adapting and adjusting and, and building their businesses. And so I appreciate him taking the time to join us on the program today. I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't already picked up the Diligent Shout Prosper Goal Tracker and Journal, it is a guided journal to help you write down your goals. The research shows that when we write down measurable specific goals, we're actually more likely to start to make the progress to achieve those goals. And I don't know about you, my friend, but in 2-2, I am ready to crush it. And so to actually make that a reality, writing down goals is a formula that really works. And with the Diligent Shall Prosper Goal Tracker and Journal, it can actually take you through 90 days of transformation. Each day there is a thought-provoking proverb. Then there's a spot where you can write down what you're thankful for. Then the space to write down what your goals are for a day. And then underneath that, uh, there's some lines where you can journal and write down the progress of how things are going as you go through this 90-day transformation. So you can pick a copy up on Amazon. Again, it's Mr. Producer and I's new product. He helped me to uh, design this, and, and Vanessa did a great job um, creating the cover and all of that. And I'm just really proud of this product, and I hope that you will get a copy, make it a part of your morning routine, and uh, really see um, traction as you take action on your goals um, after writing them down each morning. Uh, definitely think it will help you as it does for me. So it's called The Diligent Shall Prosper. I hope you will pick up a copy uh, today. Thanks for listening, friends, and we hope to catch you on the next episode. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. 
I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com prenatal.